Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Football Social Daily. Premier League Updates. It's podcast time. We are ready to talk Premier League football on the only purely EPL-focused podcast that has a new episode every single day of the season. I'm Jim Salverson, Marley Anderson and Steve McNaughton are with hey. me in the Sports Social Studio today. Hello, boys. Hello. Good right. morning. On the lineup for the discussion, we have Liverpool, now unbeaten in the Premier League for an entire calendar year after last night's win against Sheffield United. Are they better than Arsenal's Invincibles? Are they better than Manchester City's Centurions? One thing is 100% guaranteed. Steve is going to be delighted that he can spend a few minutes telling us exactly how good Liverpool are very shortly. We're also going to look at the injury woes of Aston Villa. They've lost two key players for the whole season. Could that be the death warrant signed in their Premier League future? And Arsenal fans rejoice. The headline is that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has spoken about his Gunners' future and it's good news. That's the headline anyway, but it's not the whole story. We'll be drilling down into that one shortly as well. But let's get it out of the way. 13 points clear at the top of the table. Comfortable win over Sheffield United last night and unbeaten in the Premier League for an entire calendar year. It's probably safe to say that Liverpool are pretty decent. Okay, Steve, <laughs> you're happy now? Yeah, elated. Yeah, absolutely brilliant uh, last night. Uh, again, you know, I think... We talked about it on a podcast, and I thought they looked a bit leggy against Wolves on you know on Sunday. Was it Sunday they played Wolves? All these were in this Wednesday, mad, Wednesday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. <laughs> well, that's I don't even know. I don't yeah, even know what day. Some point is. in the past, <laughs> yeah, some point in the past they played Wolves and weren't that convincing. But last night, I think they come out with the, the blocks quite quickly, scored an, an early, uh, a good early goal through you know Mo Salah, and um, and and they never looked back. But. You know what was impressive last night about Liverpool was that was the the tempo, you know, the pace, the power of the team, and 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 the numbers that you know that were put in. You know, I think nine hundred and sixty nine passes across the game with ninety percent accuracy. Mm. You know, some big numbers in terms of kilometers covered on the pitch from the likes of Roberto Firmino and James Milner, and it's just everyone collectively pulling together on a mission to achieve something. And and it was just yes, it was Sheffield United, but they have give a lot of teams 
difficult times this season. And and they're a great side. I think Chris Wilder is doing a fantastic job. And it was just, if you look at it on paper, it probably looked quite routine for Liverpool, but they were very good last night. Well, I was watching the game this morning. I catch, caught up on it this morning. I was reading the match reports. And as I tend to do before we do a podcast, I was trying to go for it and go, what, what are the talking points? What are the things we can discuss on the podcast? And all I could come up with was it was... It was just, it was a little bit routine. It was professional. Mm. It was clinical. Slick, it yeah. was It was kind of what Liverpool, I mean, arguably the first goal was a little bit fortuitous with Bulldogs slipping mm. and uh, Robertson being able to get the cross into Salah. But other than that, it was, it was just routine. And it's what Liverpool have done all season. They've made yeah. these games look routine. They have, and, 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 you know, we're just in a mentality at the minute where it's, like you said, you've tried to press me in the past on saying, is it done and dusted? It's not. We're just taking these games one at a time and, and just making sure that we, we get the result from it. I think, you know, there's a lot of work goes into the mental aspect of Liverpool's game at the club. They have recruited a sports psychologist and they're getting these guys to think that, you know, we're going into a game and we're not getting beat. And inevitably, they will get beat at some point. They're going to drop some points at, at some point. Injuries are starting to stack up for Liverpool now. And I think they've got themselves into a position where if they win this game and hand the 16 ahead of Leicester and 17 mm. ahead of City, and you've just got to keep building that buffer zone, I think, and get it as big as it can be. And if they can have a two in front of the points difference, <laughs> you know, with 17 games left, you're thinking you're in pretty good shape there. I mean, 13 points is pretty insurmountable, in my opinion. I think it's going to be very difficult for anyone to catch. Well, what is it? 13 here. points is four losses, isn't it? Yeah. So I think when you've not gone an entire calendar year without losing, and you've got other teams dropping points as well, yeah, they've got some difficult fixtures coming up. I think we we've got obviously Everton in the FA Cup at the weekend, which I think he's got to rotate. I'd put the kids in if if I was Jurgen, but he might have different ideas. I think because we're picking up these injuries that we are catered. Obviously, he's been injured in the warm up last night and not played, which means Milner come in did very well uh, and did very well. Run over thirteen k last night. You know, put a proper shift in. Um, it's just. It's as bad as it sounds. It's just not that high on the priorities list for us this season. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know I put the kids out of the weekend. Then we've got a Premier League match. I think against uh, we've got Tottenham away, haven't we? Is it Tottenham away? It might be Tottenham. I might be wrong on that. We'd have to kind of have a look. Is. But I think, I think we've is. got Tottenham away, Wolves away. The then we've got United away. at home, and then we've got West Ham away. Um, so the games are coming thick and mm. fast. And I think. We've just, all we're doing is we're just taking one at a time and trying to get three points out of each game that we go into. And I think if we can carry on in that vein and we get to a point where we're like eight or nine games away and we've still got a healthy lead, we might start being you know a bit more concrete about our predictions for the season. But it, it's a great time to be at Liverpool and I think everything about the club is good at the minute. I mean, you know, the only thing that people are unhappy about is what I've seen on Twitter is the uh, is the potential Nike kits for next season, which are oh, causing really? a bit of a stir. But, you know, when that's the biggest problem that people are discussing on they're, social they're media, uh, well, they probably are fake. But... They were made for classic shirts. Oh, were they? Classic football shirts. Yeah, yeah. but and it's... Then somebody turned it into an actual design. Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, it was like a, in the it, know. It was like a concept kit that ah, was made right. for classic shirts from asking fans and then somebody in I don't know Thailand or wherever is, is actually, is actually put it again. together yeah. I know, yeah, well, and then leaked can... the picture so, yeah. Yeah. Ah, right, well fair enough then but well so, so you, he, you've got nothing to worry about got, you know, it's just injuries are the biggest problem for Liverpool at the minute and I think you know obviously Keita you know Oxlade-Chamberlain Fabinho Lovren Matip um, you know they're all out at the minute and I think I read a stat about we've got 13 fit senior players at the minute and um, and we're doing what we're doing and you only need 11 
Yeah, but you know, and I can see the bench in a couple of recent games has been a bit thin. Mm. But you know, again, that kind of harnesses the mentality aspect of the game, doesn't it? And it's you know, it's it's just honest to God, I could wax lyrical about it as you can imagine. You but it's just <laughs> it's just fantastic, and I think you know we're just enjoying this for as long as we can, really, because football works in cycles, doesn't mm. it? And I think you know it appears that Liverpool are ticking the boxes at the minute, and long may it continue. I'll tell you what impressed me last night, and it wasn't a Liverpool player, it was Dean Henderson, again. Great keeper. Making really strong saves. I think he's going to be causing some serious questions to be asked at Manchester United and England level, in fact, as well. Because United have got a serious decision to make as to whether this guy is their future number one, because he's pretty much ready to step up already. Yeah. I think... He's having a better season than De Gea. Oh, easily. By a million miles. And keepers who play for worse teams, I mean, arguably... Worst teams in Sheffield United and Manchester United do tend to look better because they have more to do and they make yeah. more saves. But at the yeah. same time, he looks very, very competent. Yeah, and I, judging by like England going into the uh, Euros at the end of the season, I don't think Pickford's nailed on as number one. I think if Henderson was playing for Man United, he'd, he'd be number one for England. I just think it would come with that territory. I just think his his uh, his raised profile would would guarantee him the number one shirt for England. He just seems to make the right decisions. He's got, I mean, it seems like a weird thing to say, he's got good shape when he's in net, like mm. when he's reaching for I balls. Know what you mean. He's making the, he looks like a goalkeeper. Yeah, and what I really like about him is he doesn't use his feet too much. He's, he's not, when, when the he's, opposite what, of De Gea, when he's one on one, yeah, exactly. De Gea has this habit of trying of, to save balls with his feet. When yeah. he doesn't do that, he seems to block with his body, block with his yeah. hands. Yeah, I've seen a good comment on Twitter that made me laugh about uh, De Gea. And, um, it's someone said in the Arsenal game that he got space jammed. Space. <laughs> um, you know, because obviously he had a bit of a nightmare, didn't he? Mm. Um, and I just think that, you know, Man United have got a thing, you know, what could they get for David De Gea in, in the current transfer market? If someone firmed up some serious interest, he's got to be what, 50, 60 million quid still, hasn't he? Even with yeah. indifferent as as form. They, as long mm. as they can find a buyer for him. I think that's that's the issue. But like, I think if he was available, I think someone would buy him. And Real Madrid are in he's the market so. for a keeper, aren't they? Have, have they lost faith in Courtois? I think he's had a bit of a tough time this season. Courtois crap. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> terrible. I think you know, and you talk um, about he is getting better though. To be fair, you he talk had a about bad Henderson start, being better than both. I think. Mm. I think he's at the future. I do because I think United. I don't see the point in putting so much time into him and developing him and loaning him out and making sure he gets the right loans and develops as a player and then not taking advantage of that by just taking him back and saying right he's ours now and maybe that's they exactly what the loan system maybe they for. weren't expecting him to be where he is at this stage in his career maybe they were expecting him to develop for another couple of seasons but certainly this season he's been thrust into the limelight and well, he I'd be giving him an England cap I'm going to be honest yeah well, he's, he's been in he's been one of the three three goalies in the last couple of squads hasn't mm. he but he's not got on um, and it's interesting that he's played uh, Southgate's played um, Pope as the as the keeper in the last game, um, so it's clear that he's not fully convinced by Pickford. So mm. if he's not convinced by Pickford, Pope's having an okay season, but no no better or worse than Dean Henderson. So I think it's a go. funny one with Jordan Pickford because I think what he does is he is he isn't reliable, but then he'll do something like save a penalty or mm. or, or something. And everyone's like, oh, you know, that's why he's England's number one. 
Like, but for me, there is better keepers in the Premier League who could represent England, and I think Henderson is one of them. You know when you're playing five-a-side and you get a goalkeeper who makes this incredibly dramatic save from a ball that's straight at them and everyone goes, oh, one for the cameras, one for the cameras. Pickford yeah. just does that all the time. He makes it <laughs> what he does look more impressive than yeah. it is, in my opinion. Yeah. I, th- I think so. I've, I've not got any confidence in him long-term. I don't think he's the solution for England, and I think that... We've got, to, we've got to have a look at these young lads and I think, you know, I think if he does go into that Man United team, I think they've played a blinder there with the way that they've developed him and, and brought him on. But mm. they, they've they've got to give him a go at some point. I mean, they've got a good reserve keeper in Romero, which they don't seem to be that keen on dropping De Gea and putting Romero in for, for the spell because his, his numbers are really good. Um, but yeah, fair play to him. And I think, you know, he's it's a success story, really, what Wilder's got out of him. Let's talk about this unbeaten stat then. So Liverpool are now the third Premier League team to go unbeaten in an entire calendar year. Arsenal and Chelsea are the other two to do that. Undoubtedly an amazing achievement. But is it more of an achievement than Manchester City's Centurion season last time round or Arsenal's unbeaten season as in a Premier League season? Have Liverpool bettered that with their calendar year Unbeaten in the Premier League. Obviously, they lost to Man City on the third of January. Wolves in the FA Cup. Mm. Aston Villa in the League yeah. Cup. Champions League. Barcelona. Uh, yep, Barcelona away. So there have it? been losses in there. Yeah. But as far as the Premier League's concerned, that's an entire twelve-month period unbeaten, which is which is phenomenal. And I think you know it's difficult to say really because I'd like to see how many games Arsenal and Chelsea drawn in their runs mm. and and make a comparison for that. But I think all three of them. Incredible, and I think it's it's one of the most difficult. Well, I think it is the most difficult league in the world, the Premier League, because it's an incredibly wealthy league, and people at the bottom can go and spend you know tens of millions on building squads and stuff like that. So I think if you do go on an unbeaten run for a, for a sustained amount of time, that is fantastic. And I think it's like I say, I'm, I'm probably not the most objective on it because Liverpool are my team, but I think it's just phenomenal, and I think long may it continue. And like I said, we'll just chalk each one off as they come along, and you know, and if we can get to that forty-nine that Arsenal got to in their Invincibles <laughs> period, happy days. But if if not, so be it. A tuna not get it and win the league. If I'm honest, what do you reckon, Miley? Can you compare the... it to City's last season? They're hundred points with what Liverpool have done this season with their calendar year. Because on one hand, they've got that break in the middle where they can strengthen and bring new players in. But on the other hand, it that kind of breaks up your what's the word I'm looking for. What, like sort of momentum? Yeah, that's exactly that, that's exactly the word I'm looking for. Um, momentum. Uh, no, to be honest, not yet because a calendar year is yeah, it, it it looks cool and stuff, but it's not a season. A season unbeaten is is amazing. Like only one team's ever done that. That's been Arsenal's Invincibles. Um, what was their I, points total when when they did that? It was it was nowhere near Man City's last year. I think mm. it was like eighty. Seven or something mm. like like or eighty four yeah. something like that. Um, there were a lot of draws in there. Yeah, they were quite. I think there were about eleven draws. Something that, like that. Wow, so, something like that. I'm not. I'm not sure off the top of my head. Um, but how come I, you don't know? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting to talk about the uh, Invincibles. To be honest. Come on, draws Marley. Did uh, Wolves get in their 2008 season, Marley? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a good one for them. It was only six. Um, yeah, but I I think um, Man City's hundred point season was better than the invincible season just because of the fact that they just swept everyone aside there were there were I barely any draws agreed right. and then if if liverpool go and beat that this season and go and go unbeaten and get 101 points or 103 points or 105 points whatever then that's better than that 
if if the but the calendar year thing, it's spreading over two years, mm. um, two seasons. seasons sorry, um, it's it's just not a thing. It's the only time I like to look at calendar year things is um, when people score goals, like people get like when Messi got ninety one goals in yeah, a calendar yeah. year, because then you can sort of objectify that as like he scored ten a month practically yeah. because of the two months that he missed in the summer so it makes more sense for stuff like that but when it's a team thing teams are based on seasons rather than candy years although if you are a Liverpool fan and you want to wind up some City fans on Twitter it's worth noting that if you count the year as a season so the 38 games over the 12 month period Liverpool have 101 points oh also <laughs> we're, we're also tracking uh, for 110 this season if they wow. carry on playing the way they are because That's you know they've, they've obviously drawn one game against Man United at Old Trafford so that, that which has took the average games yeah. down to 2.9 but you know they're on they're on 58 you know points at the minute and 52 points 52 and a half up for grabs potentially it's how impressive many, how many points is the maximum you can get is it 130 16 what's 38 times 3 come on who can do that well Liverpool would be on 60 points off 20 games wouldn't they 114 yeah, so 110 out 140 Jesus I mean that, that, that that'd be crazy and that's why I can't see it happening mm. I think you know I think Man City away at the Etihad is going to be a very difficult game because they'll be really fired up, obviously, if they do end up losing their, their title to to make a statement and probably put us to the sword a little bit. I think, you know, I think Man United at Anfield will be difficult. Is the 50th game, I think the 50th game is against Man City. 49th game is against Man City. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, it's... Right the rest of the season off, I just want to see that game now. <laughs> yeah, it's just, um, you know, City, City will be up for spoiling that and I think, you know, Pepper will be... No motivation required if the gap's still there to do it, but it's. Um, I think you know next year it'll, it'll be someone else. It might be you know another team will probably kind of like you know start running away with it next year. But it's just it's what you know Premier League, Superb League. It's you know strongest by any means, and I think you know we've got the top two teams in the world at the minute. I think in the Premier League in Man City and Liverpool. Undoubtedly, the unbeaten run for Liverpool is impressive. Do you know who has the longest unbeaten run in European football? Bayern. Not Bayern Munich. It's not Bayern Munich. 672 days it runs. 58 games. Benfica. May 1991 to March 1993. Red Star Belgrade. AC Milan in Ah. Syria. What Ah. a run that is. 672 games unbeaten. Mirrors what they're doing it on. I was going to say at the minute. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're having a shocker, aren't they? (laughs) Right, we're going to come back in a second. We're going to talk about Aston Villa injury crisis there and the future of Aubameyang at Arsenal. Stay there. This is Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. Football Social Daily, Premier League updates. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. We've been talking about Liverpool and their march to the Premier League title, their unbeaten run. At the other end of the table, it's a bit of a different story for Aston Villa. Their troubles have been compounded by a double season-ending injury crisis to striker Wesley and goalkeeper Tom Heaton. Two very important players for Aston Villa. Two players they're going to have to try and replace in some way in January. But... That's a serious dent in their hopes of staying in the Premier League, isn't it? It is. Um, they're struggling at the minute, even though they seem to not be playing that badly. But like I said on uh, yesterday's podcast, a lot of the teams in the in the lower half of the division are doing mm. are doing quite well and picking up points. So as good as v- Villa have been like recently, with Grealish is, is playing fantastic, obviously. Um, to lose the the number one guy at each end of the pitch is is, is a massive blow because Heaton's been fantastic for them this season. 
Wesley's starting to sort of find his feet a little bit. Um, and if you look at their backup strikers, they've only really got Jonathan Kogia, who's never been, he's never done anything at Premier League level. He's never really played, uh, played at, at the at the Premier League level. He's only been a sort of championship player for Bristol City over the years. But they need to go and do something now. It's mm-hmm. it's it's came at the best time for them to be fair, because you can go straight out and buy someone if if they're available. But McGinn's out as well, isn't he? Yeah, McGinn as well. Three massive players in there. Um, if they if they if if somebody went in and snapped Jack Grealish, that that's their season gone. Mm, definitely, um, they're only really one injury away from from really like, just falling off. Really, um, but they need to go and get a goalkeeper first because Tom Heaton's been brilliant. Uh, the backup goalie Nyland has never really played much. I think he made one appearance earlier this season when Heaton went off injured. Um, but yeah, they need to go. And grab a loan keeper as quick as he can according maybe Joe Hart according to the Daily Mail they've gone off to Stoke City and they want Jack Butland no way as the potential replacement who you is serious he's yeah. had a terrible season he's been awful Stoke. ever since they came out of the Premier League he's been terrible mm. couldn't catch a cold yeah and I think Villa it's, it's a, That's a colossal you know, a set of circumstances for for Villa because like I say he and another English keeper who's been playing you know relatively well this season I think um they missed Tyrone Mings, but he was back against Burnley. So, you know, they might not ship as many goals as they have been doing previously. Um, but I've seen them link with Batshuayi, and I think that will be a yeah. sensible option They're to just go for. Straight on the phone to Chelsea, because Batshuayi and Oliver Giroud are the two names that are being linked with potential replacements, which I mean they'd both do a job for Aston Villa, wouldn't yeah, they? But, you know, you potentially try and sign both of them. Really, because they offer two different things, don't they? Uh, you know, obviously Giroud is a presence. He holds the ball up well. Doesn't score as many goals as probably he'd like to, but I think, you know, Batshuayi <coughs> has been successful wherever he's been in terms of goals when he's when he's got the game. So I'd be trying to probably nab the two of them if they could. Uh, Villa have got, got money. They've spent a load of cash and I think, you know, they, they, they are struggling. But, you know, they're not as bad as other people. I mean, you know, mm. Bournemouth are in free fall at the minute and Watford are showing shoots of recovery. But yeah, Villa, there's a few who could get sucked in there, unfortunately. But we'll see what happens. I think like Mich- Michi Batuai's seasons, if you look back over the last few years, it's just been spend the first six months on, on the bench at Chelsea, then spend the next six months on <laughs> at loan on loan somewhere, usually at a lower Premier League club yeah. like Crystal Palace or yeah. someone. So maybe maybe he fancies that again. Do you remember Who when knows? he went to Dortmund and mm-hmm. smashed it? Yeah, he smashed it. For some reason they didn't uh, they didn't they didn't buy him from off, off the back of it. So Well yeah, they're uh, Dortmund are uh... Then again they've just signed Haaland now. Mm. Like a couple of years later down the line they've signed Rolling well, Harland, which puts that puts that rumour to bed, thank yeah. God. So, we know Wesley's out for six months, Christian knee ligaments, the suspected injury is similar for Heaton, six months. For Wesley's injury, Ben Mee, the Burnley defender, who caused the injury in the first place in the game on Wednesday, has been getting a fair bit of stick for the challenge, which has been called by mainly Aston Villa fans a bit of a dirty challenge. What did you make of it? Because for me, I mean, it wasn't a foul, it wasn't given as a foul on the pitch, and... I don't know whether it was reviewed by VAR at the time, but yeah, if it was, everything it was certain... is, isn't it? So it's what? Sorry, everything's reviewed. Well, does, by it, VAR. does it get reviewed if it's not a call? If it isn't, yeah, because if for? if it's a potential red card, they review it. So okay, I think when he was down injured, 
that was the natural thing anyway, so they, they looked at it, but nothing It was nothing just came a hard it. challenge, though, wasn't it? He got the ball, he yeah. followed through, he got the player. As, he has got previous it. for it, though, hasn't he? He yeah. did it to Joe Gomez, I was going to say, you're, you're going to mention Joe Gomez. <laughs> yeah, he did it, so, it, you know, it, he's a tough He's just tackler. a proper centre-back. He is, he's an old-fashioned kind of blood and guts centre-half, and he's going and he's leaving his mark on people, which mm. obviously is a thing of the past. It's not welcome for the teams when they're picking up injuries, because we miss Joe Gomez, who... Obviously, we didn't touch on Joe Gomez before, but he's been outstanding since he's been back mm-hmm. on the Liverpool team. And but you can't think, have you can't have players not making those type exactly. of challenges. It's, it's a contact sport, and I think it is when these things happen, it's just unfortunate. And I think when Ben Mee has been going in for the tackles, he's not been doing right. I'm going to do this lad's cruise ship mm. with this. He's just gone in with the intent of winning the ball, and yeah, he might have followed through. But you know, the, the yeah. muddy pitches at this time yeah. of year and. Um, I just think it's just part and parcel of the game, really, that people are going to pick up these injuries. Yeah, 53 injuries to Premier League players over the festive period, and there's now been... 50 of them were at Newcastle. <laughs> there's been a um, an investigation launched by FIFA Pro, the World Player Union, into the fixture congestion and the kind of injuries that is going to cause. I mean, obviously, Wesley... And Heaton, those injuries are nothing to do with the fixture congestion. But there yeah. have been more injuries, and you look at Newcastle. Those injuries yeah. that they picked up, was it four? Yeah, four. Three hamstrings and a groin. And that so is, it's, that it's, is it's muscular. It, you know, it's muscular, isn't it? It's like yeah. Kate has done his groin last night uh, yeah. in the warm up. And we've talked about it, you know, many times before. And, and the fixture congestion in this country at this time of year is is bonkers. And I think, you know, they talked about a winter break and then it's like, what, you've got six days off or something like that, mm. you know. And th- that's not that's not a break. I think we do need this period over Christmas and the New Year where, they, where they've got two or three weeks off. And I think that the mad thing about it is is that it'll also benefit the England team, I think, in these tournaments in summer. Obviously, we've got a Euro two, two, 2020s coming up where, you know, the big games are actually played in this country. In it. And I think we've got to have a strategy around this and, you know, we can't be having these guys playing three games in a week and stuff like that. We don't need the amount of games we've had this Christmas. No, it felt like too much football you know, to me. It yeah. is, and that's why, you know, you talk about the FA Cup and how much it's been devalued by the top clubs now, mm. or, or the clubs at the top of the leagues. I mean, when I was a kid, the FA Cup was a full day on TV where they'd be in the pub in the morning, you know, and and, and whatnot, and they make a full day of it now, where it's just like, they're coming on her half hour before it kicks off, you know what I mean? Because mm. it's, it's a bit of a hassle now, and that's not how it should be. And I think... You know, I, we've talked about it before, and you know, an idea is like you know, for the Carabao Cup, is having the Champions League teams not in it. Uh, you know, and then you've got the like, see, Newcastle, West Ham, Everton will probably th- actually Leicester. Um, you know, if they're not, in, we'll think actually we've got a chance of winning a bit of silverware here now, mm. um, because they've got to kind of remove it. You know, I mean, we played Flamengo in the final of the World Club Champs. That was their 80th game of the season, <laughs> so they've got it bad mm. as well. And I think we, there's got to be a bit of common sense that's got to be applied somewhere down the line here, because like you said, the squads that are ravaged at the minute with, with muscular injuries, and and the three or four weeks out at a time, you know. Mm. Let's talk about Arsenal. And the reason I want to talk about Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang talking about his future at Arsenal is that I want to save people a click when they're on the internet a little bit later because the headline that's popping up all over the place at the moment is Aubameyang breaks silence on Arsenal future. But before you do click, let me add a little bit of caution to that excitement. What he's actually said is this is the quote from Aubameyang that's been turned into a story about him breaking his silence on his future. He has said... Should I do it in a French accent? Or should I do it in a... No. Well, he's from Gabon. He's from Gabon. <laughs> no one wants to hear that. Uh, the English press like to talk a lot. For now, I'm here. I'm 100% here. Hardly conclusive, is it? He's just saying, I'm under contract, and at the moment, I'm staying at Arsenal. Until someone comes in for me with a big money offer. Yeah. 
you know, he's going to be... If someone come in for him, I mean, how much do you think, Marley, how much do you think Obi-Mian could fetch on the market now? No, 70, he's, 80? He's, no, well, he's 30, though, isn't he? So. Well, that's it. I think there's an interesting probably, probably decision get you for, for Arsenal million, to make. Because at the moment, but I, I, how Arsenal do over the next 12 months is going to directly affect whether Aubameyang wants to be part of that project or not. If Arteta get them, them firing and the, the signs are there that he will, then he'll want to be part of that. Mm. But a decision needs to be made in the next six months as to whether Arsenal want to cash in on him before he goes into that last 12 months of his contract. As you say, he's 30. By the end of his contract, he'll be 31 and a half, which it's yeah. it's not the kind of age that you... Well, certainly, your, your transfer fees are beginning to diminish when you get to that age. Yeah, um, but as of right now, you, you wouldn't sell him, would you? Because he's your best striker. He's your captain. Yeah. He's your best striker. Um He's sort of, well, the weekend uh, he's, he played on the wing um, with Lacazette up front. So it it just depends on what they what they feel like doing because they've got Martinelli coming through as well um, and they need to make a decision on, on who's the number one striker going forward because if Aubameyang, if you give him a new three-year contract and his legs go age 30, you know, you only get slower over time. So if he's he's got electrifying pace, that's what that's what set him apart from many players over over the last few years he's been one of the best in the country and best in the around Europe because mm. of his pace um so if his pace went just after he gave him a 3 year deal on 150 grand a week mm. you're then sort of stuck um but he's he's this he's a clever enough striker to reinvent himself so it's a tough one because it comes down to ideally you'd want to have him for another year and then make a decision on then his next 12 months. So then you could actually say, right, he's, he's starting to slow down a little bit. But I don't think there's been that much speculation link with him, linking with him being I think going, going away. It all comes but, from the fact he hasn't committed himself and saying he's going to stay at the club. I think that generates yeah, rumours. But you're right, there's yeah, been no it's, one linked with him. As, it's as not as like, like Juventus really want him. And, no. and then it's a case of everyone getting bored of seeing the same headlines like, oh, they're going to launch a 50 yeah. million bid for him or whatever. But... Yeah, I don't know. At the minute, just keep him. Just carry on. You've still got eighteen months. Mm. It's not. It only becomes an issue when you go into that last twelve months. So don't cross the bridge before you come to it. Just mm-hmm. let him. Let him play his football. Let him carry on. See what Arteta does with him. Arteta might fancy Gabriel Martinelli, who's been amazing this season. He might. You might see him as a mm. as good enough to to Earth be to in the, the team with Lock, with Lacazette or someone yeah he yeah. might just might just not fancy him so just give him another six months see what happens there you go Arsenal fans we've saved you a click let's do a couple more transfer rumours before we get out of here and obviously it's January which means we're going to have to talk about Paul Pogba because <laughs> he's off to Real Madrid by the signs on the back of the papers at the moment there's loads of potential replacements being suggested as to who might come in for Paul Pogba I'm going to rattle through these alright because it's going to take a while and then you can have your pick as to which ones you think might have a grain of truth in it. So, The Sun say Tony Cross coming the other way from Real Madrid. False. We've got Independent, no they're saying James Madison and Jack Grealish. ESPN are saying Emery Khan from Juventus and Sean Longstaff from Newcastle. The Mail are saying Todd Cantwell from Norwich for 30 million quid. So, that's your lot for today. Tomorrow will be a completely different name list that comes out of the midfield of Roulette. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Who do you think is a likely replacement if Paul Pogba does come in Madison 
You think James Madison? I think man, out of that lot that's just being read. I mean, Emre Chan obviously was was at Liverpool and he left us to go and win things, um, <laughs> which I love it when they go and do that because Michael Owen did the same thing. I can't believe he's only twenty five. Yeah, he is. But so did Coutinho. And Coutinho Went did as to well. Barcelona and ended but up getting killed. He's the thing is with Emre Chan, he's not he's not that midfielder that is gonna kind of orchestrate and pull the strings and make a real difference in a mm. game. He's I mean, not that good. I mean, you basically. know, Gary Neville's a fan of him, and I think you know we we played him in, in a more defensive role at Liverpool, and 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 he did a job for us. But I think Madison is of the age and profile and has got the ability to probably go into that Man United team and make a difference. The others, I'm just not sure of. I think, you know, Cantwell from from Norwich is is a watch this space with him. Mm. I think Norwich have got um, another... You would have said that about Daniel James as well. Potentially, when true, you yeah, but I think you know the, the the other one that I'd be looking at from um, uh, from Norwich is uh, is, is, is Bundia, uh, you know that Emmy Bundia, Bundia. Yeah, um, yeah. Buendia, 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 Buendia. Doesn't you, that mean good day? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, he is, <laughs> Let's see him, him and Madison's stats this season are, are pretty impressive. Yeah, they are. And I think they both got fifty odd. Is it ball recoveries? Yeah, key, yeah, that's key right, passes yeah. and something else. Exactly. Well. So you know, so we on the QT is is, is making a real kind of you know difference as much as he can at a team that's going to get relegated yeah. but <laughs> I think you know it's Pogba I, you know can't really I just can't see the Real Madrid thing this January if I'm honest I think he'll go to PSG when he when he when he leaves I, I think, think they'd PSG have to sell though wouldn't they to buy him so who's yeah. going to sell well Cavani well he's signed for Atletico hasn't he on a um, has he, has he? Is I that, think or it might be close to be getting done because he can start, he can speak to clubs from January mm. can't he um, yeah. So I think that the word is that he is heading to Atletico, um, but they've still got the money though. Yeah, They'll I find a way around. They need it. him out. Pog, they need Pog, Paul Pogba personifies everything that's wrong with the Man United mm. squad at the minute, and I think the cl- the club will be much better when the spectre of him isn't looming anymore, and they can crack on and do the thing. Um, but yeah, it, it it is silly season, like you say. I mean, you were talking about Arsenal then, and Jerome Boateng has been linked with a 12 million move to them at centre back, and you couldn't Jesus. get a more Arsenal centre back signing, could you? There's what one a bad centre back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to finish on a rumour that's really interesting to me as a West Ham fan because apparently West Ham are being linked all over the place actually with 23 year old Brazilian striker Gab. Well, no, his name's Gabby. Gabby Gol, but oh, his actual Gabriel proper Barbosa. name is Gabriel Barbosa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He is in, signed for Inter Milan, but he was is on loan at Flamingo at the moment. Did he play? In yes, the he world? did. Did and he, he look was, decent? He was very good. Twenty million quid is the price tag being you linked with rip, him, which just, just seems very good. You'd not. rip that hand off for it. I thought it was about fifty or sixty that was, that was being touted for him, Christ. but I think it, he looked very good in in, in the, the World Club Championship, and and he's he's ripped up that league in Brazil, and obviously you know they won the Copa Libertadores and. He'd be a great signing. Would he move to West Ham? I'm not sure. What are you saying? Uh, does he, just does he know who West Ham him. are? Yeah, I just think that... Did he grow up with pictures of Bobby Moore on his walls? <laughs> or Frank McAvenny? <laughs> Did he bollocks? <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know who West Ham are. But, you know, yeah, John he John Moncur. Seen, he might have seen... Three. It would have been John Moncur he would have had a poster <laughs> of. Yeah, <laughs> he I... might have seen Green Street or something. <laughs> That's it, yeah, yeah. I think I, I can't see that happening. I'd be very surprised. I think the, the, the uh, Getson Fernandes one is a bit more solid. The Hang on, it's just the most perfect... West Ham thing isn't it it's like our defence is crap we'll go and buy a striker yeah. we'll go and get another one I mean where'd you start on West Ham they need, we'll... new, they need a second goalkeeper they need a new right back they need a centre need a left midfielder back, they need someone to put pressure on Allaire up front it's like 
you can't bring them all in in January. Mm. No. Attack is the best form of defence, so <laughs> you know, that's probably why. Next time we're going to win every game 7 6. <laughs> yeah, I think Jim would take that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. I'd definitely take that. Yeah, but you know, it's, uh, you know, I said to you the other day, I said if, if, if it's a 3 or 4 against Bournemouth, I said everything's really happy and that's what kind of yeah, happened. We're very happy at the uh, moment. We'll West see what Ham happens. West Ham will sign Fellaini. We're about to get beaten in the FA Cup by Gillingham 8 0 this weekend, so let's see what happens there. Mm. Right, what, Monday it. might be miserable because Newcastle are going to get knocked out by Rochdale oh. as well. So. We can all be depressed. Uh, yep. There will be a full preview of all the Premier League teams involved in the FA Cup out tomorrow, that Saturday morning. Make sure you click subscribe and you can get that update as soon as it's ready. As for now, well, we'll see you next time on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily, Premier League updates. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.